0: I'm going to pick up where Brother Dustin left off in about the last two minutes of his sermon this morning. It was a good lesson and it got our minds thinking about revival. And so um, in the last couple of minutes of his sermon, he suggested some ways how we might allow God to uh, bring revival into our lives. And so I'd like you to begin with me tonight in Ezekiel 37 again, verse 9 and 10. Ezekiel 37, especially verse 9. I was going to write on the board, but I was too lazy. Everybody say Ruach. Ruach. Ruach in the Old Testament means wind or spirit or breath. And when you think about the Holy Spirit, that's Ruach. When it says there was a big wind blowing, that's Ruach, wind or spirit or breath. God breathed his breath, that's ruach, same word as spirit. Everybody say pneuma. That's like pneumonia or a pneumatic drill or a pneumatic lug nut loosening up, whatever you call that thing, a wrench or whatever it is. Pneuma, pneumatic, that's wind or breath. It's also the word for spirit. So in both the New Testament language and the Old Testament language, The word for wind and the word for breath and the word for spirit is the same word, okay? So in Ezekiel 37 verse nine, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Now some of y'all's breath needs somebody to prophesy to it, but that's not the same thing. He says, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath. Some of your translations may say, say to the wind, thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on thee slain, so that they may come to life. Remember when Adam was just a pile of mud? And God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living, breathing thing. Breathe on me, breath of God. We dry, dead, we feel uh, empty, we feel... Uh, spiritually lifeless. We feel like we're far from God, like Dustin was teaching us this morning, okay? We need God to breathe life into us. Go down to verse 14. God explains. He says, I will put my spirit in you and you will come to life and I will place you in your own land and then you will know that the, I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. Now, We need God to breathe on us and breathe new life, breathe revival into us. How's that work exactly? John chapter 3 is talking about new birth. It's talking about transformation in our lives through the Holy Spirit. And in verse 8, Jesus used the same play on the word spirit and wind as Ezekiel did. And he says in John 3 verse 8, the wind... That's pneuma, like spirit. The wind blows wherever it wills and you hear the sound of it but you don't see where it came from or where it's going. So is everyone who's born of the spirit. The Holy Spirit working in the lives of people revives those people and gives those people spiritual life. You can't see the Holy Spirit just like you can't see the wind but you can see the effects of the working of God's spirit in a person's life. How's that work? I mean, here's just regular people in here. We're struggling to get by. We've got all our sadness, sickness, struggles, financial issues, family issues, all the rest. Sometimes we feel dried up. How are we gonna get this done? Maybe we feel like a pile of mud. Maybe we feel like a dry bone. And that's how a lot of people feel. How do we do it? Well, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, the Bible says, in one spirit or by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, and we were all made to drink from the one spirit. So when we accept Christ into our life and we're united with Christ in baptism, we're buried with him in baptism, then we're able to drink from the one spirit. We've heard the song. There's a fountain free is for you and me. Let us and oh haste to its brink. Well, that fountain in the Bible is the Holy Spirit that we're able to drink from. Now, in John chapter four, Jesus talked about this to that woman. And he said to that poor tired woman, and he was tired and thirsty by the well. He said, lady, would you give me a drink and drink? And she said, why do you, a Jew, ask of me a Samaritan? And a little bit later in John 4, verse 14, he said, now everyone that drinks of this water down in the well will thirst again. But he that drinks of the water that I shall give him, it shall become in him a well of water springing up into eternal life. That's John four fourteen. all right? What is that living water? Well, in John 7, Verse 38 and 39, it tells you what that living water is, just plain as day. This he said, verse 39, concerning the Spirit, which those who believe on him were to receive, but the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So the living water that only Jesus can give is the Holy Spirit, see, and those that believe on Jesus receive that Holy Spirit. That's the breath of God that breathes life into people, see. But one thing we learn from this is the only person that can give us that breath of God and breathe new life into us is Jesus Christ. He's the well. He's the giver of the living water. You can't get it anywhere else, see. See. He said, the water that I shall give you. All right. So when a person comes to Jesus Christ and establishes a relationship with Jesus Christ, like 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13 says, when in one spirit we're baptized into the one body. At that point, we are able to drink from the living water. It says you can now drink from the one spirit. Now... That's something you are able to do, but nobody's going to force you. See, we're thinking about we need revival. We want to be revived. But God is not going to beat you over the head. He's not just going to blast you with a breath of uh, wind from heaven and just revive you in spite of yourself. That's not the way this thing works. See, how does this thing work? Well, we learned that only Jesus provides the living water. How do we drink it? Listen to this verse John 6, verse 35. John 6, verse 35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who keeps on coming to me will never hunger. Listen, he who keeps on believing in me. Will never thirst. So if we keep on coming to Jesus, if we keep on trusting in Jesus, by doing that, we're eating the bread of life and we're drinking the living water. But I've got to keep coming. I've got to keep trusting. I've got to keep coming back to touch on Jesus and to get more of Jesus and to continue that relationship with Jesus. We've talked before about how sometimes we let relationships go. We don't nurture those relationships. We never talk on the phone, we never write any letters, we never email, the relationship goes away. But if you keep on calling and if you keep on writing and you keep on keeping in touch and keep on visiting, then you nurture that relationship. You gotta keep on coming to Jesus and keep on trusting in Jesus to drink that living water of the Holy Spirit or to let God breathe that breath of life into you. Now in Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3 verse 16, he talked about the work of God in our lives, the work of God's spirit in our lives and he prayed for the Ephesian church in Ephesians three sixteen that you may be strengthened with power by his spirit in the inward man. When we're dry and dead and... and and lifeless spiritually. And, and we don't feel like we have any kind of relationship with God. We need to be strengthened with power by His Spirit in the inner man. But God's not just going to do it to us unless we're into it. See? It's not something God's just going to whoop us with upside the head. He's, we're going to have to participate. In verse 19, He continues that prayer. That you may be filled unto all the fullness of god now i've got a certain pill 1200 milligrams twice a day that you got to drink a lot of water for it to work it, it empties out the stuff out of your lungs okay so i got to drink a lot of water and sometimes i hate drinking a lot of water because i get so full of water that uh, i feel like i want to barf if i drink any more water see i get full i could have left that out couldn't i But, so, yeah, okay. So, you drink so much and you're done. But God said, in one spirit, you were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, and you were all, you all got a ticket then that you could drink from the one spirit. So, like me, some days, I don't drink the water I'm supposed to drink, and it makes me kind of sick. I just. Take a little bit and take a little bit more, but I'm supposed to take the whole glass and go glump, 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 until that's gone, see? And do that several times during the day and do it at night when I take that medicine again, all right? So we should do that with the Holy Spirit. That's why in 518 of Ephesians, Ephesians 518, when he talks about getting rid of that old lifestyle and having a whole new lifestyle, he says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. That's an imperative, that's a command. And if it's a command, that means I can either do it or not do it. That means it's in my control whether I decide to be filled with that breath of God and be revived or not. So. Yes, we need God to revive us. Yes, it is in God's power. Yes, pray the prayer. Breathe on me breath of God. That's a great song if you listen to the words of that song. But God never revived anyone who did not want revival in their own life. God did never revive anyone who did not choose to be revived. Dustin read a verse earlier from Ezekiel 33 Ezekiel 18 says the same thing. God said, I have no pleasure in the death of him that dies. Why will you die, O house of Israel? Turn yourselves and live. See that turning of themselves and that choice to turn themselves toward God. That's what it takes to find that breath of God, that spirit of God. Well, you know those bones, foot bone connected to the ankle bone and the ankle bone. Okay, you want to sing it with me, Jed? No, he does not. All right, so they all connected together. Hey, that's about me who am broken and in a pile and, and just like a pile of, of dust. That's me. God is putting me back together spiritually When I'm dry and dead, he's doing that to me, putting me back together, but he won't put me back together unless I really try and and seek him and really want to be put back together. So how can I allow this? How can I allow this? How can I get into this truly, practically? Number one, we've got to seek God again. See, the reason that we're dry and dead is because somewhere along the line, we stopped seeking God intentionally. All right, so if you seek God, according to the Bible, you'll find him. God made us from one blood. He made every nation of men to dwell upon the uh, face of the earth, having determined their appointed seasons and the boundary of their habitations. Paul, tell those Athenians why he made them, so that they might seek God if haply they might feel after him and find him, for he's not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Acts 17, 27, and 28, the important part of that. So seek God. We decide every once in a while in our life, I haven't been seeking God. I'm going to really seek now my relationship with God in a way that I haven't sought that relationship in a long time. How do I do that? Well, number one, do not resist the Holy Spirit. Acts 7, when Stephen was preaching to those people in the Sanhedrin, and they weren't having any of it. See, a lot of people who are dead and dry, they're so focused on all their problems and issues and why they're bitter and why they're angry and all those kinds of things. When the Word of God is preached or when they're exposed to it, they want, they're really not having any of it. They're not really seeking God In the message, they're not really seeking for themselves. In the message, they're not really allowing God to talk to them. They're doing just what those people were doing that Stephen said, you stiff-necked, Acts 7.51, and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Spirit. As your forefathers did, so also do you. So we've got to seek God and we've got to decide that no matter what God has to say to me or you, we're not going to resist the Holy Spirit who's knocking at the door of our mind and heart through His Word. But we're going to open our hearts up to that Word and we're going to be like Luke eight 15. We're going to be that good and honest heart that hears the Word and holds it fast and brings forth fruit with patience some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. Now, the psalmist said it this way a long time ago. Blessed are those people who do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of those scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law they meditate day and night. If you decide to seek the Lord again, if you decide to let God breathe life into those dry bones, you're going to have to decide to seek the Lord in His Word. See? And if you start seeking the Lord in His Word, that means you're going to read it with a desire to find God and God speaking to you in His Word. Now, you need to read it sequentially. You need to read starting in a book and read the whole book and just read with an open mind and heart and then pray and try to, try to see what that passage is really trying to say and take it personally. If we read the Word of God not personally, if we're not taking it personally, we're just reading words or we're just memorizing Scripture or whatever, it's not doing us any good unless we take it personally. And if I read Ezekiel 37, I'm going to look at my own life and see if I'm dead and dry and see if I need to... Let the Lord revive me and then get busy with it. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul longs after thee. My soul pants for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Do you want to revive your relationship with God? Start seeking Him in the Word and take it personally on purpose. Let it speak to you personally. Apply everything in it to you personally. Next, seek God in worship. Dustin talked to us about attending worship and how powerful that can be in helping us with this. But you can attend all day long. But if you don't come with a mindset that I'm going to seek God in this worship. I'm going to seek Him in these songs as we sing from the book of Psalms Unto you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. That's my soul reaching out for God in those songs. My soul on purpose, intentionally trying to connect to God, saying to God, God, I need you to breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. There's that song maybe we're going to sing. It's the invitation, I don't know. My eyes are dry. My faith is old, you know, my heart is hard, my prayers are cold. Doesn't that describe exactly what you talked about this morning, see? Well, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna start seeking the Lord in those songs myself, regardless of what anybody else does, regardless of whether the bearded one here leads us in an old song or a new song, a borrowed song or a blue song. I'm gonna seek my God in those songs and I'm gonna find him. And I'm going to seek to praise Him and thank Him and cry out to Him in those songs. When the prayer leader gets up there, whether he's good at it or not, if he just says, guard, guard, and direct us and bring us back at the next appointed time and that's it or whatever, I'm going to bow my head and I'm going to seek my God. And you know what? When I really seek God in prayer, a lot of times I cry. And that pew right up there at the front When I'm sitting there and I'm praying to God, a lot of times tears are dripping down my face because I'm talking to my God about stuff that matters to me. I'm telling him honestly about my sins. I'm talking about people that I love. I'm seeking his forgiveness. I'm seeking his help with those things. I'm begging him on my knees. I'm seeking my Lord in prayer. And I find him when I do that. But if I say, you know, dear God, thank you for the food. Uh, thank you, Jesus Christ died on the sins. Jesus' name. Well, I don't get much out of that. <laughs> See? But when I lift up my soul to Him, when I seek Him in prayer, when I get on my knees, whether literally or spiritually, and I speak to my God, then I find my God. At the Lord's Supper, when I commune with Him, when I think about His death, when I rejoice in His grace, when I thank him for myself for giving his son, when I tell him that I'm going to renew this covenant, I seek my God and to renew my relationship with him there. Then I'm starting to do what I need to do to find that spirit of God and fill. I'm drinking deeply of the spirit. I'm not just taking a sip and going home. I'm drinking deeply of the spirit. Um, and then, um, you know, When we have the preaching and teaching, get involved. Some of us are too passive in that. We sit and listen. We sit and wait for him to entertain us. You're not going to get much out of it that way. Get that Bible open. Follow every scripture he says. Listen to what's going on. Think about how it applies to you. Try it on in your life. Don't quit until he's finished, see, and go home and keep going some more. See, that's what we need to do if we're really going to do what he was asking us to do uh, this morning. Seek God diligently. Find him in those moments of conviction. When When your heart is convicted and you say, At the depths of my soul, I know that's right. At the depths of my soul, I know that's talking to me. At the depths of, that, of my soul, I know I need to do this. And at the depths of my soul, I'm thinking about how I can carry this out. That's when you connect with your God. Find God in moments of encouragement. When, when you're seeking in His Word and the, and, the, and the book encourages you, it builds you up, it gives you hope, find Him in those moments. Find Him when you're sad and the book gives you comfort. It's not just a book, it's God speaking uh, through the book. And you can't do this, you can't do what I'm trying feebly to explain to you tonight. Unless, number one, you're putting forth an effort and you're intentional. And number two, you allow yourself to be a little bit emotionally vulnerable. You can't do it without those things. You can't do this coldly. You can't bear your soul coldly. You have to intend to do this, and you have to open your heart to the Lord to get done or to let God in. What you're really trying to do is you're letting God do his divine work by opening up your soul to that divine work. See, if you don't open up your heart, God can't get in. God wants to get in there. He wants to breathe his breath, to put his spirit in us, for us to drink deeply of his spirit and revive us again. Revive us again. Fill each heart with your love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above, but that doesn't happen passively, brothers and sisters. That's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. It happens actively when we're on board with that, when we're participants with God in that, that's when revival happened. Now, three, three verses and the lesson will be yours. and You can go do Super Bowl or whatever it is you're gonna do. Colossians 3, verse 15. It's about revival to me. Revival, when that comes, you let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body. When you're really seeking God and you're really finding a relationship with Him, that will happen for you. But that happens when you, verse 16, let the Word of God richly dwell in you. And that also produces verse 17, and then whatever you do, in word or deed, you're going to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And this is the last part of how we make this stuff happen. When we really start connecting with God and seeking Him in His Word, we're going to find stuff that we need to do. And then in our daily lives, we're going to go do specific things. And in our own minds, I'm doing this for God. I'm going to go do something for somebody because I know God wants me to. I'm going to go talk with somebody down at the jail because I know God wants me to. I'm going to go visit somebody in the hospital and be kind to the sick because I know God wants me to. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a specially kind talk with a coworker that's down and, and mention Jesus in that because it's what God wants me to do. And I'm doing it because God wants me to do it. And I feel good about that when I get done doing that. And I know that I'm getting closer to God because I can feel God working in my life when I do that. See, seek him. Find him in worship. Open your heart to him. Do stuff for God on purpose. And God will light that fire again. God will breathe that miraculous spiritual breath into us through his word and through our prayer life and through those other things. And we will be revived.